1: IB Nation, welcome back to another edition of the Hours Breakdown Podcast. It is Wednesday, September 27th. Wednesday means midweek rundown time. September 27th means we're three days away from Notre Dame getting back on that horse and taking on the Duke Blue Devils, the undefeated. Four-0, 17th-ranked blue Duke Duke Blue Devils, who have yet to play a game this season that was closer than 21 points. And that includes a 28-7 win over Clemson. We intro'd Duke last night, talked a lot about that program. Absolutely love the job that Mike Elko's doing. I know there was a time where, like, a lot of Notre Dame fans were like, you know, I'd love it if Clark Lee was the next head coach and all that, but this is the guy that I was very curious to see if how he would do as a head coach, because I love them as a defensive coordinator and recruiter, uh, great deal of respect for him as a human being. And I'll say this, actually, I'll give Brian Kelly credit for this. He made three strong hires in a row at defensive coordinator of not just good coaches, but good people. Mike Elko being one, obviously um, uh, Clark Lee being one, and obviously Marcus Freeman being one. So I will give him credit there. But I just I really like what Mike Elko does schematically. I love his aggressiveness. And he took on a challenge at Duke, inherited a bad three and nine football team, and he has turned them around in a hurry. The Blue Devils have gone 13 and 4 in his in his now, he is now in what about to be, he's a court a third of the way through his second season in Durham at a place that's not exactly you know a place that has a long history of success. The Blue Devils won, if you actually go look at it, in the three years before. before Mike Elko was hired, Duke won 10 games and lost 25. So they went 10 and 25, and he is 13 and four. So he's doing an excellent job there. Going to have some fun talking about the matchups that matter this weekend because this is a game that if Notre Dame is going to win, they're going to have to play well. It's it's a lot like NC State. I've actually been far more impressed with Duke so far this season than I have been with NC State because Duke has a better offense. They're both very good defensive football teams. Duke has been a better defense in, in a lot of ways statistically. I think part of that it comes down to the competition that they've played. Uh, but, but Duke has also got a very good defense, coached very well, but their offense is more dangerous. They have a very similar quarterback to what NC State has style of play-wise, but Riley Leonard's a more talented kid, and he's got better weapons around him, and he definitely has a better offensive line. So this is going to be a big, big test for Notre Dame. is a very confident Duke team. And, you know, the thing I like about this Duke team, too, is they don't even play. They they haven't like when you go watch their UConn game. I don't think Duke necessarily played lights out in that game, to be completely honest with you. I don't think that was like, oh, my gosh, that Duke team was playing, hitting on all cylinders and they won 41 to seven. I mean, they only had three hundred twenty two yards of offense. Their defense played pretty well. Only five point three yards per play. It was the lowest output of the season, you know, against the only rush for seventy four yards. It was not exactly a great performance by Duke, but they did what they needed to do and won going away in the second half. So I was very impressed with what Duke did this weekend. Now Notre Dame's going to have to come off and and shake off the loss to Ohio State and get back on track and 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 realize that hey, look, our our goals are still in front of us. The the number one being playing the Notre Dame to the Notre Dame standard, the golden standard, uh, which is always the weekly goal for this football team. But there's a lot going on that that uh, if if you're ultimate goal is still to be a playoff team with a chance to play for national championship. There's that's still in front of you. You know, you look at where Notre Dame is now they're 11th in the AP poll. Uh, if if you look at where they would be in the uh, you know, in, in the, in the college football playoff rankings, who knows, but they've got at least one, they've got one team that's ranked ahead of them still left on their schedule. There's a lot of matchups between the teams ahead of them where they got to play each other. So still a lot of football left. But if Notre Dame is going to be that kind of team, obviously this is a big hurdle they got to get past. And so you can't be looking forward to what your playoff resume is going to look like because you need to worry about that one spot on your resume that is the Duke Blue Devils. And I, I also think we're going to learn a lot about this Notre Dame football team with how they bounce back this week and not just bounce back from a, you know what is the, the mindset and the psyche, but, but what adjustments do they make and you know what improvements do they make, and, and are they able to execute at a higher level against what is a really good Duke football team? So that's going to be a, a lot of what we're going to talk about today. The, the specific aspects of this matchup that we're going to discuss today, first and foremost, we're going to talk about the matchups. We're going to kind of break down the statistical analysis, and I'm going to key in on one specific matchup on each side of the ball that is going to go a long way towards determining how this football game goes. Then I'm going to break down three people. I didn't say players. Three, on, three people on each side of the ball, uh, offensive defense for Notre Dame, that need to, to, to step up this weekend. And this isn't a step up as in uh, necessarily they haven't played well. It's just more of a unique to Duke. If they're going to play their game against Duke, these guys have to step up. Some of them haven't been playing well. I'll discuss it. Others, it's not necessarily the case. It's just you're going to be count on, counted on this weekend if Notre Dame is going to get this thing turned around. And then I'm gonna, at the end, I'm going to talk a little bit about you know, just quarterback recruiting and just where things stand and just my excitement level about the, the present and the future of the Notre Dame quarterback position. And we will do a little mini mailbag. Obviously, Super Chats will be responded to first because they're the easiest to see. It's going to be a lot harder for me to go through and and star all the questions, but I I will do some. And then at the beginning, I did have a question for you all before we get started. And and I'll I'll, kind of look through the responses after the show, but I'm very curious what your guys' thoughts are. I've been thinking about mixing things up a little bit for the show. And one of the things I've thought about doing is doing a Friday show where we sort of preview the upcoming weekend, we talk about whatever you know recruiting situations are going on. What's the latest news? Pre- previewing the big weekend, and then having Ryan record sort of like an extra show on Monday or Tuesday that we just kind of post that wraps up the weekend, and then making the mailbag on Friday the Monday mailbag. And the reason that I've been thinking about this is because the way that our shows go, because our shows on fr- Saturday and Sunday are later. We don't really do mailbags on post-game show. We don't really do mailbag for the Upon Further Review unless it's a, a, a super chat, which requires you all to, to have to pay. So you guys don't ever really get a chance to have sort of a post-game mailbag that where you guys get to really ask questions and talk about things. And if we were to do a Monday show where it was just a mailbag on Monday, then that would allow us to kind of talk about the game that was played, kind of preview the upcoming... The upcoming game and also to be able to talk about some rec- recruiting questions as well. So just a thought, and I'd, I want to know what you guys would all think about that. You guys and gals would think about all that. Just so you know, when I say guys, it's more referring to just the general you know, people. It's just kind of how I talk, how I was raised growing up. So I just wanted to, uh, to get that out there. So I'd love to hear your comments and thoughts. I would also, if you're on the message board and you want to continue this conversation further on the message board, I would love to get your thoughts on that about maybe possibly mixing up the mailbag in season this was being in season thing we would go back to friday once the season is over with so just wanted to throw that out there to you guys and uh, see what you thought
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
1: So let's get into this Notre Dame and Duke matchup. Uh, this is a really fascinating game. And when I look at this game, you know, look, we had a question yesterday, a super chat yesterday that was really interesting where, you know, someone said his brother who knows football just thinks this is not a big idea kind of game. And I'm like, you know, I, I get that. I, I understand it because Duke's history. But I'm telling you all, the more I watch this film and the more I'm just like, man, this is a good football team. Because I'll be honest, I, I watched the Clemson game. And I liked what Duke showed, and and we've been praising Duke all off season. I love the job Mike Elko's doing, and we've said that they've got better talent than people give him credit for. And I watched the Clemson game, and that was a game that you know Duke did a lot of good things, and you know Duke was you know, making plays when they need to make plays, making stops when they need to make stops. But Clemson shot themselves in the foot a lot that game as well. Some of it was forced, some of it was not forced. And you say, you know, that game wasn't really a 21 point game. That was a game where Clemson in the fourth quarters got the ball inside the five about to take a lead. They didn't make the plays they needed to Duke did. And, and of course the game ended the way that it did. And I hadn't watched until started previewing this game. I hadn't really watched more than just some highlights of the, of the three games they've played. And you look at it and it's like, it's Lafayette, it's Northwestern stinks. It's UConn stinks their own four. I think, you know, I think Lafayette's the best team that they've played so far record-wise at the FCS level. But you kind of look at it and say, you know, how good are they really? And are they the team that I thought they were were um coming into the season? And you break down the film and you're like, yeah, they're every bit as good. But it actually, in my opinion, they're better. And here's why they're better. They're better in the trenches than I thought they were going to be. They had a couple good offensive linemen, but I didn't think their offensive line was going to be as good as it is. It's such a veteran offensive line. It reminds me, it's not quite as talented or as big, but it reminds me a lot of the Michigan line from two years ago, which didn't have really any high draft picks in it. Michigan doesn't have any first-round draft picks on their line the, the previous two years. It was just a veteran tough Group that played incredibly well together, and, and this line's not that good from the standpoint of it's as good as what Michigan's was a couple of years ago, but it's very good. They play very well together, and you look at the numbers and the stats, and and you can you'll see what I'm talking about when I bring up these numbers here in a minute. But this is a team that's that's better in that area. Their secondary better than I thought it was going to be. The transfers have really helped. Al Blades has helped. Uh, Myra Jones has helped them a lot in the secondary uh, as a as a transfer in. They're, they're, Miles Jones, excuse me, has helped them uh, as a transfer coming in. Big, tall, rangy kid that that Mike Oko recruited, I believe recruited to Texas A&M and he transferred here. Got a lot of numbers they can throw out, a lot of athleticism. They're aggressive. They're well coached. So they're an even better team than I thought that they would be coming into the season. And they were one of my five toughest opponents coming into the season. And they were our trap game coming into the season. And so you see that, and you're like, okay, they're going to need to bring it today because this one could get a little bit a uh, little bit challenging for Notre Dame, and and so they're gonna they're gonna have to be on top of their game. And and so what does that mean? Football is a game of matchups. Y'all know that. I believe that. Have always believed that. And it's and matchups means a couple things. Number one is matchups means just big picture. How does your team schematically, philosophically, strengths for weaknesses, your personnel versus their personnel how does it match up against other teams on your schedule? I mean, you look at different times with some of the better teams. What is it about Syracuse that they just always seem to give Clemson a game? And I'm talking about when Clemson was good, you know, they almost beat Clemson in 2018. They, they, uh, they beat Clemson in 2017 when, when Syracuse was four and eight. So it wasn't even like Syracuse was a good football team and they were still able to beat, you know, beat Clemson that season. They played Clemson tough, I believe. And, uh, Was it 2020 or 2021? Uh, They played Clemson tough again, and and there was one year that Clemson blew them out. But if you go back and watch the game, it was like third quarter. Syracuse has got the ball, and it was like 26 to 21, 27, 21. Syracuse has got the ball with a chance to take a lead. Then Clemson kind of poured it on late. But what is it about that matchup that this team just tends to play way better against this team than? than other teams do if you guys remember back in the early 2000s and 2010s when Ole Miss of all the teams in the SEC when the SEC was strong of all the teams that beat Alabama twice in a row it was Ole Miss that did that why what is it about that matchup and so uh, this game is a matchup that to me Duke matches up a lot better against Notre Dame than some other teams in the schedule that might be even better than Duke better teams than Duke because of the way that they play the way that they're constructed, the way that they're built. And it's going to require Notre Dame to play well to win this game. And, and and so you look at like the NC State game, for example. NC State, y'all know I love Tony Gibson as a D coordinator. think that defense is really good. But you knew the way that they played that there was a chance that Notre Dame was going to be able to rip off some big plays if they just stuck with it, right? You knew that you could get those plays because they would eventually kind of blitz themselves into trouble. And that's what happened in that game. Duke's not like that. Duke is a much more disciplined defense. Now they're, they've got some post-snap aggressiveness, but it's not a heavy pressure team. They're not a heavy blitz team. And and so it's going to require a greater level of execution, focus and a strong game plan to be able to go out there and have success. And then on the other side of the ball for a team that, that likes to blitz a lot for a team that has not been a great tackling team all year, you're now playing a quarterback that can hurt you more than any other quarterback on your schedule outside of maybe Caleb Williams, just per, for this particular type of matchup. Not to say that, that Riley Leonard is is better than Caleb Williams or as good. I'm talking about like how his legs can hurt you. Caleb Williams is athletic, but he likes to do work in the pocket. Riley Leonard has no problem taking off and running and being that team's top runner. He has no problem doing that. and, and, You know, they do a lot of design runs for him where they can get extra blockers at the point of attack because they can use their quarterback as a runner. And he had 98 yards against Clemson. He has 97 yards against Northwestern. So in their two games against power five teams, he's rushed for almost 100 yards both times. And he's only had 21 carries in those two games. So Duke presents a very unique challenge for Notre Dame based on how they're constructed. And that's what makes this matchup even more intriguing and in why I say that this Notre Dame team is going to have to really bounce back in a hurry if they're going to get back on track in the win-loss column. So let's look at the matchups. Let's dive into these specifically and get into these matchups. So what I'm going to do here, these are the the, the stats and stuff that I've brought up in the past. You guys know uh, what these are. We'll, we'll, we'll dive into these things specifically. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the Notre Dame offense against the Duke defense break down two of the three areas that we that we talk about you know there's the scoring aspect which includes scoring total defense third down red zone pick place turnovers and all that and just kind of briefly talk about those matchups and then I'll take one of the two run or pass option matchups and then just briefly talk about that and then zero in on the one key matchup that I think uh, is is going to have the biggest impact on on the outcome of the game and and dive into that and then I'll get into the defense, and we'll do the same thing. So let's first start off with a look at the scoring offense and the scoring defense. Now, uh, Duke so far this season obviously has been an outstanding defense as far as keeping points off the board. Only one of their opponents has scored double digits this year, and that was Northwestern, and I'm going to give you the exact number, but I, I believe that, that, that uh, second touchdown that got them in double digits was scored with less than two minutes to go. And so I'm going to look at the box score real quick. And that touchdown was scored with 127 to go. So Duke scored that. So up and so, so for this season, there has only been a, a minute and 27 of game time where a Duke opponent has played in a game where they've had double digits and points. That includes holding Clemson to seven, uh, holding Louisiana or Louisiana Lafayette. No, that's not who it was. It was Lafayette, the Patriot league team in Pennsylvania held them to seven points. And then they held Yukon to seven points. And so They've done a great job of keeping points down. And it's not like they're giving up a lot of yards and then um, teams are just not scoring. That happened in the Clemson game, as I mentioned. Clemson had 422 yards, 5.1 yards per play. But Lafayette only had 213 yards. Northwestern only had 267 yards. And 70 of that, I think about about 65 to 70 of that, came on that last scoring drive when it was basically against uh, Duke's backups. And then UConn only had 203 yards of total of total offense and 3.1 yards per play against Duke. So very stingy defense so far. Uh, rank rank 16th, rank 16th in the country in total defense, fifth in yards per play, which is that's the number I care more about. Their red zone defense has been outstanding. It's a, it's a big part of the reason that their point total is so low. Uh, teams have only scored on five of their 10 red zone trips. Now, all five of those trips have been touchdowns, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Duke has also only allowed two plays of 30 yards or more the entire season, which leads the nation, and they've done—they've been a pretty good turnover team. They force two turnovers per game. If you want to look at it from a Notre Dame standpoint, their Notre Dame defense, they average one turnover per game, and that's going to be part of an article I'm going to be working on when the show is over about the lack of disruption from the Notre Dame defense. On the flip side, you look at the Notre Dame offense, their scoring offense is 18th. If you look at the competition they've played, they've played two pretty good defenses so far. The Ohio State defense has been outstanding so far this season. The NC State defense has also been pretty good this season. Uh, you know, obviously, no, they gave up, was it 20, like, was it 21 points to, to Virginia, who's honestly not very good, uh, but it's not like they just got ran up and down by the Virginia, the whole game. So uh, it's the, 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 their defense is very good. They gave up a uh, 273 to UConn. They, uh, a lot of that was on one play. They gave 384 to Virginia and a couple chunk plays in that game as well, held VMI to 191. Their name went for 456, 7.5 per play. The next worst uh, performance by NC state was 5.4 against Virginia. So they played that defense which was pretty good. And then of course, they played Ohio State, who currently ranks second in college football in scoring defense at 8.5 per game. And Notre Dame only scored 14 points. So the defense that most resembles the, the Duke Blue Devil statistically is Ohio State. And Notre Dame had by far their worst out- offensive output of the season. Held under 400 yards, held only 14 points. All of it came in the second half and wasn't able to move the ball enough to win the football game. So It's going to be a chance for the Notre Dame offense to show something. Dive into that a little bit more here as we get into the more specific matchup. Notre Dame yards per game, they're about similar. Yards per play, they're very similar. Uh, Red zone offense, they're both – it kind of flips where Notre Dame only ranks 40th in red zone offense, and Duke ranks 40th in touchdown percentage. Then Notre Dame ranks sixth in touchdown rate. Duke ranks second overall. But what this basically means is when Notre Dame gets into the end zone, red zone, they are scoring touchdowns. And if I'm, I'm remembering correctly, I believe Notre Dame had a game end in the red zone. I believe, I, I can't remember if it was Central Michigan or Tennessee State. I have to go back and look, but Notre Dame had a game end in the red zone actually i have it right up in front of me uh notre dame's last possession of a game ended in the end in the red zone so just give me a second i'm gonna find that out and was it was an nc state i thought i maybe i'm in i'm incorrect on this one perhaps let me go to central michigan and was it central michigan no so it looks like i might be incorrect on that but i thought notre dame had a game end in the red zone um but uh they did not, it looks like. So I have to go do a further dive. But uh, I remember there being something about that statistic where it, it was a little bit better than you see. But still, Notre Dame ranks sixth in college football and touchdown, red zone touchdown percentage. They have only turned the ball over twice this season. So they're playing a good team, forces turnovers. They have not turned it over. They're playing one of the best defenses in the country and limiting big plays. And Notre Dame is one of the best big play teams in the country. Of course, Ohio State was also a very good defense when it comes to limiting big plays and Ohio State ranks 6th uh in in uh plays of 30 yards excuse me Ohio State ranks 2nd in plays of 30 yards or more and Notre Dame didn't have any plays of 30 yards or more against Duke or did they have what no they didn't have any their longest gain was like i think 29 yards in that game so a uh, very interesting matchup the one area where Notre Dame has a big advantage in this area. Now, neither team has a huge advantage over the other. Duke has a better scoring defense, but it's ranks fourth to eighteenth. Sick, they have an advantage in total defense, but it's 16th to 20th. Yards per play, their advantage is fifth to eighth. Uh, Notre Dame is has a better red zone touchdown defense, but Clemson or but Duke has the better you know red zone, um, overall red zone defense. They're both highly ranked in big plays, first and seventh, turnovers fourth and twenty first. Notre Dame has the advantage. The one big gap in this breakdown is the third down defense and third down offense matchup. Notre Dame ranks 10th in college football in third down offense. That's actually something they did well against Ohio State in the second half. Notre Dame's third down success in the second half. They started this, the game off well. Uh, they've converted their first two third downs and then missed their next three or four. And then the second half on those two touchdown drives did very well converting third downs. But then of course they didn't get the one at the end. But Notre Dame even in, against Duke, or against Ohio State who has a, you know, a, an okay third down defense, not great, but it's good. Uh, Notre Dame was able to get, was able to go five of uh, five of 10 for 50% in that game. And it was actually their third best performance of the season it was better than they did against Central Michigan and better than what they did against NC State. So that was a, a positive sign you're going to need to build on. Duke has been, a, like I said, Duke has been a pretty good keeping points off the board defense. They're very good in the red zone, but they have allowed teams to move to move the football consistently on third down. And that's something that if Notre Dame could take advantage of that, it could be a very big key to this game. And the reason it matters is because in in these games, you want to be in a situation where if you're Notre Dame and you have the athletes you have, the more times you can convert third downs and keep the the sticks moving and keep the series going, the better chance that you can pop off that big play. It's not just about moving the chains to methodically go down the field and score. Nobody's good enough to to against a good team to just have six, seven possessions that are eight, nine, 10, 11 plays that you're going to score. Just it rarely happens. And so you can have a few of those, but then you need to have some drives that are built around big plays. But if you're good on third down, which means early down success as well, then you're going to have a chance to go out there and, and have an, an opportunity to rip off those big plays. And that's something that we going to need to do on Saturday. Let's look at the matchup of the Notre Dame run game against the Duke rush defense. This is an intriguing matchup. We're going to find out just how good this Duke run defense is this weekend. I think Notre Dame absolutely, in my opinion, showed that they are a very good uh, rushing offense this season Uh, when they did what they did against Ohio state. If you guys remember, I mean, Ohio state's rush defense through the first couple games of the season was really, really, really good. Uh, If you look at the Buckeyes rush defense, they had held um, Indiana to 71 yards, Youngstown State they held to 99 yards, Western Kentucky they held to 88 yard, 80 yards. The highest yards per carry they had was 30, and then Notre Dame went out and ran for uh, 400, 176 yards in 39 attempts. Uh, obviously that includes for Notre Dame, uh, that includes um, some some carries by the quarterback and some They, you know, took a knee and some of those type of different aspects of the matchup. But Notre Dame was able to go out there and have success moving the football on on Ohio State, especially in the second half. Notre Dame ran for 126 yards in the second half against Duke or against Ohio State, which is good. And that just shows you you stay on it. Even against a good defense like Ohio State, if you stick with it, you're going to be able to wear a team down. They did that to NC State as well. Uh, And and NC State, as we've talked about before, also has a a pretty good rush defense uh, this season and Notre Dame was able to to get the ball rolling against them. Two games since they played Notre Dame, uh, NC State held VMI to 15 rushing yards. They held to Virginia 113, only 2.8 per carry. So their rush defense has been pretty good, and Notre Dame's been able to get going. Duke, on the other hand, uh, we're going to find out how good their run defense is this weekend because if you look at their overall numbers, they're solid. Uh, They rank 70th in the country in in yards per game. It's only 133. 133 is not a terrible number. It just ranks lower now because there's teams that have – you know, played really bad opponents or, you know, had a really low game that keeps them down. They're 65th in yards per attempt, 51st in tackles for loss. Last three games, they've done a lot better. They held Lafayette to 126. They held Northwestern to 104. They held UConn to 89. UConn's a team that likes to run the football, so their numbers look good. It's just they don't rank as well because they gave up 213 to Clemson. And and so what we're going to find out this weekend is does Duke have a a really good rush defense, but just happen to give up you know some some good some good yardage to Clemson in the opener, or is, have, are they a solid run defense that can be vulnerable to the better rushing teams on the schedule? That's what we're going to find out. Because if you look at the Duke, the Clemson game and it wasn't a bunch of quarterback runs, they went for two thirteen. Kate Klubnik had thirty four yards, but their top two running backs, Will Shipley and Phil Maffa combined for 179 yards on 28 carries. They averaged over six yards a carry. And Moffat had a 49-yard run, and so that helped his 5.9 per carry. Shipley's longest run was only 18 yards, and he still averaged 6.7 per carry. So he was gash and Duke, if you watch that game. He was gash and Duke. They just couldn't put the ball in the end zone. That was really the big key to that game. Notre Dame's rush offense has been pretty good this season. Obviously, we've talked about that. They've played a couple really good run defenses so far this season and have still been able to get the ball rolling and still been able to run the football this season. Notre Dame's lowest yardage output of the season was 170 against NC State. That was a game where Notre Dame had uh, a lot of negatives from a sack standpoint. Uh, They gave up, I believe, Sam Hartman was sacked four times in that game uh, for uh, minus 43 yards. I still don't understand why college football count sacks as rushing yards? I don't get it. It should be like the NFL where your team passing stats are impacted by sacks. I don't really understand that, but that's just the way that it is. So Notre Dame actually had uh, if you go back and look at it, it they had 43 uh, yards and sacks, which meant the Notre Dame run game actually produced over 200 yards when you include the the quarterback draw for By Sam Hartman that went for a first down as well on a 3rd and 10. So, you know, the 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 Ohio State game is Technically, their best, their their lowest rushing output of the season from a from a running rushing yard standpoint, and that was a game in which their name still uh, went out and ran the ball for over one hundred seventy six yards for for one hundred seventy six yards. Ohio State didn't have any sacks against Notre Dame in that game. They had some decent pressures, but no sacks. So all those rushing yards were legit. They only had one carry. The first carry of the game went for minus one yards. After that, Notre Dame had zero negative carries the rest of the game. They had some zeros and some ones and twos, but no negatives. And, and you can see that there, Notre Dame ranks 10th in the country in tackles for loss allowed. They rank fourth, excuse me, 16th in the country in in carries of 30 yards or more with four on the season, had another one called back. They ranked 16th in yards per attempt. So Notre Dame's run game is not not rushing for, uh, you know, ranking where it does because they had that one big game. They actually haven't had that one big game. Their highest output so far is 236 yards. If you go back and look at last year, by the fifth game of the year, Notre Dame had already had a 287-yard performance against North Carolina. They had a 263-yard performance against Clemson, 246 against Syracuse, 281 against Boston College, 265 against South Carolina so Notre Dame has not had that one giant like wow what a great game like they had in even 2017 might be a better example where you know 2017 Notre Dame had seven games where they rushed for at least 318 yards uh, with the with the low of 318 in that stretch and then a high of 515 also went for 422 against Temple that year went for 377 over an 11 win USC team uh, went for three eighteen against NC State, who had their entire starting defensive line got drafted and their middle linebacker. Notre Dame hasn't had that. What Notre Dame has been is just a consistently really good running team. Do we see that breakout game come this weekend? Is it going to come somewhere down the road? I don't know the answer to that. But I, but watching that Ohio State game, there just was about three or four carries, and this was actually true for both offenses. I felt. Uh, and it won't shock me if Ohio State next week, when they get back out on the field, it won't shock me if they have a big start having some big rushing attacks over the next couple of games. Because I thought Notre Dame did a very good job against the Ohio State rush defense. Obviously, they had the 61 yard gain, which is something Ohio State needed. Uh, they haven't really been able to kind of break off that kind of run. They only went for 126 yards, but there was about four or five times where you just felt like, boy. They were one guy away from maybe ripping that off. And I felt the same way about about Notre Dame against Ohio State. And we've seen Notre Dame do that against other teams. Is this the week they have that big performance? I do not know. But it's going to come sooner rather than later. But what I love about what Notre Dame has has done so far in the run game is the consistency. And they're going to need that to get going against Duke. Now let's get into the matchup that is going to have the biggest output on this game or the biggest impact on this game. Excuse me. That is the Notre Dame pass offense against the Duke pass defense, and Notre Dame's rankings are outstanding. Obviously, they ranked 34th in the country in yards per game. That's a little misleading because they've had a couple games where they didn't throw a whole lot in second half. They're in the top 10 nationally in yards per attempt, total touchdowns, fewest interceptions, Pass efficiency and plays that rank in the top uh, that have the pass plays have gone for at least thirty yards. They also rank eighteenth and fewest sacks allowed. They're sixteenth in the country in yards per completion. So, so far this season, statistically, the pass game has been outstanding. The pr- here is the problem: when you look at what Notre Dame did against the best team that they played so far, the best pass defense they've played so far, their pass offense had by far its worst game of the year, and and so. You're playing a defense this year, this week in in, uh, in in North Carolina, or excuse me, in Duke, that has one of the best pass defenses in college football. And it's for several reasons. Number one, as I said before, they're coached extremely well. Mike Elko on down. Tyler Santucci is one of his co-coordinators. He was a GA. I believe a GA or an analyst at Notre Dame the year that Mike Elko was here. So he's a guy that, that knows the Notre Dame program. But they've been very good so far. I mean, you look at their numbers. They rank in the top five in yards allowed, fewest yards allowed per game. They rank number one in the country in yards allowed per attempt, number two in yards allowed per completion. They're number four in pass efficiency defense, and they have yet to allow a single play of 30 yards or more on the season. And, you know, even the statistics where they're they're not super high interceptions, they've had four in four games, so that's one per, in, per game. And they do rank 76 in sacks. So they're not a team that, that that gets a lot of sack pressure, but they get a decent amount of pressure that can be disruptive. And that's why that's why Duke ranks where they rank when it comes to their pass defense. Now, uh, another area that Duke ranks pretty well, uh, but not quite as elite, but still very well in their pass defense that's not listed here, is Duke ranks 23rd in the country in completion percentage allowed. They're at 53% or, excuse me, uh, 55% is where they are. So they're at 55% on the season. So Duke's got a very stingy pass defense. They've got, they're not super long on, on the defensive side of the ball. Here's their starting lineup. They're a 4-2, a true 4-2-5. They're nickels 5'10-280. Their safeties are 5'8, 177, uh six, five, 11 197. They have another safety that plays a ton who's 6'1, one, 196. Uh Chan the Rivers at corners, 5'10, 178. The other corner out blades is 6'1, 1, 191. He's got good size. And then they bring Miles Jones, who also plays a lot at corner. Uh, he'll play, he'll play a little bit all over. He's 6'4, 194. It's the only guy that has like really great size on the outside. But they're physical and they're really well coached. And they just don't beat themselves. They 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 really don't. And when you and we and here's a statistic that's on there that, that shows how good they are, in my opinion. That's not listed, but I did want to kind of uh, bring up real quick. I'm going is is passes defensed. So if you look at Duke this season, they rank 13th in the country in passes defensed. I talked about this a little bit last night. Uh, three of the teams ahead of them have played five games, where Duke has only played four. If you look at where they rank in pass breakups on the season, uh, Duke is 10th and three of the teams four of the teams that rank ahead of them have played five games and then one of the teams tied with them has played five games so uh, yes they don't create a lot of sacks but they do create a lot of havoc with the pass game a lot of pass breakups uh, a lot of getting the quarterback out of his out of his comfort zone so to speak and they're very very good at that if you look on the season Duke uh, opponents have attempted 129 attempts on the season so 129 pass attempts and duke has broken up a pass on 24 of those so it's basically like almost one every six actually little little better than that uh one out of on that let me just type this let me just add this in there real quick let me just do a little quick calculator so one one of every just over five uh pass attempts are broken up or intercepted And they've done a very, very good job in that. So this is a a very disruptive pass defense. And I think that's, that's good for us as Notre Dame fans and good for Notre Dame, and I'll explain why. It's certainly better than it was last year. It certainly has better weapons than it had most of last year. You certainly have a better quarterback than you had last year. The pass protection has been more consistent than it was last year. But what we don't know is, is is it a good pass game? Or can it be a pass game good enough for this team to be a championship football team? Against Ohio State, it was not good enough. And there were some good numbers. You know, they completed 68% of their passes, but they only averaged 7.0 yards per attempt. So, you know, coming into the game, been great. 10.1 against against Navy, 11.2 against Tennessee State, 11.9 against NC State, 12.2 against Central Michigan. They had thrown 15 touchdowns. Their lowest quarterback rating up to that point was 198.67, which is exceptional. As you can see on the season, their name still ranks very high in pass efficiency. They're still fifth. But there's that one game that stands out, and that's against Ohio State. They only passed for 175 yards. They only went for 175 or 7.0 yards per attempt, and their quarterback rating was only 140. And if you look at what that would mean, you know, 140, it's just one game, right? But if you look at kind of where that is from a context standpoint, That 140 ranking would rank them 65th in the country right now in pass offense. They don't play in a team like Ohio State every week. And although the Duke secondary is not as good as Ohio State, it's not far behind in my opinion. The difference is they're not as good up front on paper and on film. Doesn't mean they won't play better, but they are a a very good pass defense. And so what we're going to learn this week is, number one, is Notre Dame – willing and able to 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 do more in a pass game with the pass game against a better opponent are they just going to be a ground and pound team that tries to create some big play opportunities that's fine i don't know that that's going to work a ton against duke as it shows says right there on the on the breakdown duke is yet to allow a completion of 30 yards or more on the season are they going to look at the Ohio State game and say, hey, look, we've got to get better in some very fundamental areas? So if you're Coach Stuckey, do you look at that and say, man, my guys didn't play well? Or do you say, you know what? This is the second game in a row and against a pretty good pass offense or pass defense where my guys didn't do a very good job getting off the line. I got to fix that. That's on me. I gotta I gotta adjust that. You know, do you do things where you say, okay, you're now five games in? Are you gonna find ways to use certain players better, differently, more? Uh, to improve your pass game, because right now, you, we say this all the time, right? You don't get evaluated and judged on what you do against NC State and Central Michigan and, and Tennessee State and Navy. You get judged on what you do against Ohio State. And what you did against Ohio State was your pass game wasn't nearly good enough to win the football game. It, it only led you to 14 points. Yeah, you had a couple drives late, you know, where, where you were able to get going. But Ohio State, for the most part, shut your pass game down. And this Duke team is going to present a very similar challenge, very disruptive secondary, a lot of coverage mix-ups. They're going to come up and show certain things and roll to other things, and and ask a lot of their safeties. And and when you look at Sam Hartman, you know Duke beat uh, Wake Forest last year, which obviously is you know good for Duke, but Sam Hartman was not the reason they lost the game last year. I mean, Sam Hartman had a very productive game against Duke last year. Uh, he passed for 347 yards, 8.3 per attempt, and had three touchdowns and a, and, a, and a decent passer rating of 150.12. 61.9% was was solid. Did throw a pick in that game and uh, rushed for 20 some yards in the game as well. So Sam Hartman's knows what this defense is like structurally, but this is a much better version of that defense. This defense from a pass from a passing standpoint is much better. Uh, they, as I said, they got some grad transfers in that are good football players. Uh, They're a team that's a lot more disruptive this year in in their pass game than they were last year. If you look at last season, through the first four games of the year, they had given up 435 yards passing to Northwestern. They'd given up 324 to Kansas. They gave up 380 to North Carolina, 279 to Miami, 330 to BC, uh, 347 to Wake Forest. They were not a very good passing team last year. They even gave a defense. They were not a very good pass defense last year. They're a lot better this year a lot better this year. And year two in the system, plus some new players that they brought in has made them a lot better. So Notre Dame is going to have to work for yards this week. I want to see changes to what they're doing schematically, not changes. I want to see some adjustments to what they're doing schematically and technically to improve who they want to be as a football team. I want to see them use their receivers a little better. I'll talk a little bit about that when I get down to the the who needs to step up part of the game, the breakdown. But I just look, and, and I'm going to talk about the defense here in a minute. I'm not going to spend as much time on the defense today because to me, you know, for all the complaining about that final series and it's justified, it was a, a collapse on the final series. The reality is that's the final series it shouldn't have mattered. Your offense should have put that game away before Ohio state got the ball. When Ohio state got the ball at the end, it should have been a situation where How State had to score as quickly as possible, then try to an on-site kick and hope to get the ball back. That's what it should have been. Your offense is the side that that kept you from winning that football game. And I want to see how they bounce back. And this is going to tell me a lot of that. Do they just, you know, pound Duke into oblivion and and, and win a, a lower-scoring football game? Okay, fine, if that makes you feel better. But that's not going to make you better for when you go play USC. And when you get in the postseason or if you get a rematch against Ohio State, you're going to need to be able to be more balanced. And they have been so far this year. But the past game really let them down against Ohio State. It could just be a bad game. It just could have been a game where, you know, some misses were were there. And I'm going to have that later today. I said I was going to put it out today and I will. The video where there were some opportunities for some big plays where guys were coming open against Ohio State. and The ball just didn't get where it needed to get to. And maybe that was just it. And you clean that stuff up, come out and you can do better. But it needs to be better. Because as I said, you know, Duke is a very, very good secondary and, and the two additions of cornerback have been huge for them this season so far. So I really like what they're going to have. So this matchup for Notre Dame, when you look at the Notre Dame offense uh, against the Duke defense is incredibly important to this game.